What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. All right, we are uh, here on a Wednesday. Uh, let me check, John. I believe this is our one, two, third podcast of the week already. We're just working on the chain. Hey, I'm sorry. What song was that? Is <laughs> uh, it Jason Aldean? <laughs> yeah, that was just you know, just grinding, guy. We're just swinging our picks. How about We're Greg just Papa, swinging our picks? How about Greg Papa hating country music? He told us last week. That's I, I. That bothers me. You know, you got to get a little open minded when you when you live with the elites. In Danville and Pleasanton, uh, come on, guys, be better. Not be surprising. Better. Not surprising. Uh, not surprising. It's been a, 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 a busy week. A lot, lot, lots happened this week. It's been good, and we'll get to a lot of it. Um, like Jerry Jones Bro- popping off. And yeah, you want to break down age Yankees? Age Yankees, yeah, definitely age Yankees. Uh, you mean Reggie Jackson only coming for Yankees BP, not A's BP? I. What's funny is I got a text from. Uh, our buddy Vincent Recruity, diehard Yankee fan, like is the only guy I know that like has Yes Network because he's got to watch all the Yankee games. And he's like, "What is?" He's like, "You got to basically playoff games." He doesn't quite, I think, comprehend if you don't like most people in Northern California, you don't watch a lot of A's games. Why is no one at this game? Is the Yankees, the A's, the A's are good? They're going to be in the playoffs more than likely, maybe. I was like, "Well, welcome to the college, baby. Plays a dump." Yeah, it's. Uh, I I've always thought this when I was doing A's pre-post too, is that there is a home field advantage at the Coliseum to teams walking in and there not being a lot of people there. Like, I think that's a home field advantage for the A's. I think yeah. it's just, it's weird. It's weird for other teams. Like, you, you like you, BYOE, John. Actually, I'll, I'll go Dabo, not bring your own energy. BYOG, bring your own guts. Like, well, the crowd is not going to light. Like, if you come in, road environment, like, they all hate us. It's us against the world. And it's like, oh, fuck. There's 3,700 people here. we got to bring it ourselves. Now, A's, A's Yanks got TV1 yesterday because Alyssa's a big Yankee fan. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was, A's look good. 
Were you a little shocked that it was pretty empty? I, w- I was. I, I, didn't, I didn't even watch, I'll be honest. I, w- I was. I was like, because usually Yankees, there's just a lot of people when the Yankees are in town. I saw she got the uh, the shirt, the Savages. She did. She got a Savages shirt on the internet. I saw, you remember uh, Taylor Smith, uh, yeah. former defensive lineman. Uh, I think he listened to the podcast, but yeah. I, I follow him on Twitter. and yeah, he, was tweet, he, he tweeted yesterday, just... I watched this video multiple times a week just for inspiration, and it was just the uh, Aaron Boone video. And I watched it again. I was like, "This is fucking incredible! It's really good. This is awesome." Because I, it wasn't a one-sided deal. I always forget. He points at their pitcher and goes, "That guy's good, and we're fucking savages." You hear me? We're fucking savages. Don't and that he was, doesn't need your help, right? I, I had forgot that, uh, and that's why a lot of people did not defend my bald brother on banging the bat. Because I, I thought it was like you can't throw him out for banging the bat, but I guess he's been banging the bat a lot. Oh, he's banging the, the bat nonstop. Like he banged the bat last night. Like oh, I don't think I don't think he did it last night, but it's all the time. It's like bro, yeah. <laughs> I I it just it, it bothers me, you know, when when referees or umpires. I do. I understand that one. Uh, that one's complicated to me because it's like if a player threw his helmet, if a player started throwing shit in a football game all over the sideline, would he get flagged? Not, probably no. not, right? You, but well, you, you wouldn't even you wouldn't even see it. You wouldn't notice it. That one, you start. That is pretty outrageous. It makes a ton of noise, destruction of property. <laughs> but I did because I asked a buddy of mine the ESPN. I'm like, why is it only Yankees games? Like, are the Yankees just miking everybody up? Is Yes Network just have way more microphones? And that's because you agree. You feel like we're, I'm only getting all these videos with umpires yelling. At, it's only the Yankees. I know. And he said, yeah, Yes Yes Network has a ton of mics. Like, they got more mics, more cameras. They just got a ton of shit. It does – I am kind of laughing at just the Yankees being the victims. Like, everyone – they're stop picking on us. You know, it's like, well, you guys are yelling at everybody. Would you – is Yes Network basically the same thing for them if you live in New York as what we have for Comcast? Yeah, I think Yes is like the number one local – but yeah, Yes is the biggest one in the country. So they they have legitimate shows beside the games. Like it's yeah, a, it's I think a they've got operation. like Yankee Talk and all this other stuff. It's like and you know Dur- Nesson obviously is the same way. Well, I think the Red they Sox. they simulcast Michael K's show during the day. It's it's a legitimate yes, operation. Yeah, Yes Network yeah. simulcast K. Yep. It's it's probably an all day thing. Like every day you turn it on, there's something on live. Well, John, the, the, the Northeast has MSG, which is the Knicks. That also simulcasts radio shows and all that. It has yeah. Yes. It, it, I mean, it's not in New York, but it's got Nesson. But New York supports two of the big. I mean, MSG's massive. What's MSG? I mean, I know what Madison MSG Square is. Garden. But it's it's so MSG it, carries the. You're the, saying MSG has a network? Yeah, MSG carries the. Um, uh, I didn't know that. The New York Rangers. Uh, they carry. They've got a radio network, which is they. So they carry the Knicks on their radio network. So they also carry the Knicks on their TV network. I wonder where like where are Mets games. The Mets are on SNY, so New York supports three major networks. God, we can't um, even support I don't, one. I feel like something else. Maybe the Islanders. Somebody else is on SNY. I think. Well, you're right. They they do have just a lot of products, right? I mean, they you got to distribute a lot of products. The Nets are on. Nets are on Yes. Also, the Nets are on Yes Network. Yeah. So, that's why Ryan Rucco is kind of a carryover on both. Right, he's on both. He started on, I think he started on uh, MSG on radio. I think he, no on on uh, the the ESPN station that Michael K is on. Yeah, because he used to host a show with Stephen A. like eight years ago. Remember yeah. that when he yeah. was young. Yeah. So they're they I mean, yeah, they got a lot going on there. New York, New York, baby. 
Feels uh, like we got a lot going on here, but like you said, no, I mean, there's no one at the A. I mean, the A's are playing the fucking Yankees, and no one's there. I, I, I feel bad for, really, for the players and the coaches. I'm like Mark Davis. I, I feel bad for the players and the coaches. <laughs> uh, this podcast is brought to you by Ease, John, and Ease Wellness. E-A-Z-E. It's how you spell it. Tell your friends. Tell your friends. EaseWellness.com. Two different destinations. Uh, one great supporter of the Haberman and Middlecoff podcast. Got, get, I get DMs all the time from people going, "Hey, I tried out Ease. It was awesome. They delivered it. I got some." And I always go, "What'd you get?" And yesterday I was talking with someone. They got a couple vape cartridges. They got a battery for their pen, and they got some gummies. And you know, it looked like he's been using some Ease gummies. That would be Antonio Brown. That a couple times, like, God, he is high as hell. Uh, and I wouldn't blame him. Hopefully, use the Ease promo code Ham. Uh, also, easewellness.com. If you need to get your CBD, CBD is kind of taking over the world. Easewellness.com, promo code HAM. It's got uppers. It's got sleep aids. It's got topicals, you know, for knee tendinitis, elbow tendinitis, just pains. You know, as you get older, that's why it's it's huge in the generation, like people above 60, because they, they just get aches and pains, guy. And when you get aches and pains, that's where this stuff called CBD comes in. And easewellness.com, drop shipment, will deliver it to your house 20 bucks off your first delivery with promo code ham and depending on where you are might be a free delivery uh over 50 bucks on that order but if you're already a user tell your friends we appreciate you sharing and we always appreciate you supporting that's e-a-z-e ease.com and easewellness.com go to ease support the pod promo code ham promo code ham uh this podcast also brought to you by legacy box your family's films your photos, save them from degrading, save them from being lost forever. The Habermans, boxes of VHS tapes. Uh, Habermans live in Davis, John. That's where all those are stored. Probably some of them, I, you know, I haven't even checked the family storage. I probably Source, should, sources say the middle cops live there too. Yeah, it's hot in Davis, John. It is. So you get photos sticking together. You got your VHS tapes. Save all this stuff in perpetuity, in perpetuity into the future. Um, digitize all your families, preserve all your family's great memories and archive. It's really your family archives, John. Well, guy, become your family's hero because that's what it would be for your mother, your father, your grandparents that have these VHS, you know, homely home shop movies. Uh, we grew up in a generation, you and I just cutting our teeth in the late eighties, early nineties, when you would go to a family friend's house and they would have just albums of pictures Polaroid pictures shoved in the little slots and you'd you'd go through them and everyone would laugh and you'd share memories. Well, in 2019, you got to get that bad boy on your computer so you can share it on your computer, your iPad, put it on your television, and that's where Box of Awesome comes through because they digitize everything, guy. Home movies, pictures, you name it. There's never been a better time to digitally preserve your memories. Visit LegacyBox.com today to get started. Plus, for a limited time, and here's the key, exclusive discount to our listeners. LegacyBox.com slash ham. Get 40% off your first order, guy. This is one of those things 5, 10, 15, 20, 30 years down the road uh, that will really pay off, and you'll feel great about it now to put all this stuff in one place, make sure all your family can enjoy it. For years to come, over 450,000 families have trusted Legacy Box. It's easy. It's a great process, too. It's fun. And, by the way, the side benefit is you kind of – clean up whatever you got going they just send you a box you put it in there everything gets a uh, barcode on it so you track it all you know every step of the way what's happening you get email updates and then you of course you get all your memories everything back in addition to everything preserved digitally 
Legacybox.com slash ham, 40% off today. There you go. That one's slash ham, 40% off today. All right. Slash ham, yeah. So, you know what's funny? Someone DM'd me the other day, like, I haven't been listening to the ham podcast that long. I thought you were a douchebag until I realized you were calling him Guy because that's his name. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I, you know what? I have thought, like, sometimes we do, although we started establishing Milkoff, Hey Behaves, um, but, you know, like, you go back to the, remember the radio show used to open with the whole thing about, I don't wonder where that audio is. I probably have it somewhere. High school yeah, friends. Col- yeah. What was it say? Did it say college roommates? Is that what it said? Yeah, I don't know. But Guy Haberman, John Middlecoff. Your name is Guy. My so name is Guy. So when I call guy. you Guy, I'm not referring to you as just some guy. I got a bagel the other day. I've noticed, like, in the last year, the people, when I give them my name. Remember it happened when we were coming back from uh, the U.S. Open. We went to Taco Bell, and the chick was stunned. She needed to see my ID. But it's just... I, the name has never been a widespread name, but I think the, the generation of like 15-year-olds into the job market now that becomes 16-year-olds, 17-year-olds, and are working registers and uh, put, making bagels and coffee and calling my name, like they've definitely, they are like John Abram when, when John Gruden brought up Rodney Harrison. Like they got no idea that that name exists. And I'll get, I had one the other day, the guy makes the bagel, the guy takes my name, he puts it incorrectly, but the person that makes the bagel, young kid, is like you can tell he he already gotten a name wrong. He had called like uh, some girl the wrong name. He had mispronounced her name, and it wasn't a hard name, but he mispronounced it. So now he's a little gun shy, and now he's got guy is staring him in the face, and it looks like it's pretty easy, but he can't believe that's the name on this bagel. And I, I just like to watch people when they get. I watch them before they say it because I know it's coming, and I just watch them, and they always have this. They just kind of like look at it, and they kind of look around like. Uh, uh, bacon, egg, and cheese? Like Sometimes they won't even say the name because they're just confused. What but kind yeah, of bagel did you get? Uh, it was actually a Harissa spiced hummus, I think. Uh, no, a Harissa spice spread, not a hummus, like a cream cheese. Harissa spiced egg and cheese. Wait, c- c- can we uh, rewind there for a little bit? Yeah. You go with hummus, not hummus? No, no, no. Well, hummus is how you say it, yeah. S- s- well, this is a no, big fight. Hummus. Hum- Hummus is how every human says it. You say hummus. Well, I say it correctly. Maybe uh, in like the native land they go. That's with hummus. correct. That's yeah, but where it's I mean, from just, it's hummus. Yeah. Uh, this is a big fight in the house because I'll, I say hummus sometimes when I order just to not start yeah, it's an just, issue. It's hummus. Get some hummus. Yeah, it's hummus. If you want to say it right, but if you want to say it to a white person, yeah, you say hummus. Yeah. <laughs> some some uh, some hummus. <laughs> but it wasn't even. No, I feel, I, I feel you. Uh, but, yeah. So, yeah, that's true. Guy, no middle name. No. Guy Humus Haberman. Humus. <laughs> humus. I'm going to start going with that when I order. I'm Humus. Uh, okay, John. Hard Knocks. We watched that uh, on Tuesday night. The World Watched. I do, I, you know what I do enjoy is a good just Twitter's watching Hard Knocks while I'm watching Hard Knocks. People reacting to stuff uh, as it goes. We got some insight. Um at the end into just what happened over the weekend a little, although like you texted me, they kind of just skipped. They just, I couldn't tell did the, where they just, did it happen too late for them to edit it in? Guy, it started happening like Saturday and Sunday. The show came out on Tuesday. They skipped a lot. Sunday is when it happened. Yeah. But he clearly had left Saturday and Sunday's gone. So they snap. Well, Saturday happens. The conversation with Gruden walking off the field, that was Saturday, right? Or was that that was Saturday. That would have been Saturday because they had a walkthrough after the game. That, to me, was the telling. Like, that moment gave me 
the most insight into John Gruden's mindset. That he's happy AB's there, but clearly annoyed enough that he just what he really want what he's saying to AB is don't forget about Drew. Like when you got an issue, just talk to me. I'm down the hall. You're in the building. I'm here. Just let's talk. We don't need to go through Drew or anybody because he's telling him you got a See, lot of to people. See to me, in your it, ear. to me, when he's at the people in your ear, it's not. I don't think he's speaking Rosenhaus. I think he's speaking more to who knows what idiots talking to AB like non-professional. Very well, maybe. But the point is, he's saying just come to me if there's an issue. And then the next day, yes, stop leaving, stop leaving just randomly, and then texting us, you're gone. And then like, the next not- day, he's gone. Like that to me is why Mayock said what he said. Sunday, it's to me, it's partly because Gruden was like, I just talked to him yesterday. I yeah. just talked to him. We were on the same page, I thought. Are we even talking the same language? <laughs> See, that's... Listen, Raider fans are like, Middlecoff, are you going to hate on the episode? The episode was very entertaining. I've gotten a lot of Gruden. I, I, I was dying laughing throughout a lot of it. But the integrity uh, of journalism... Like, it skipped a huge, it's the number one fucking story in the league, and they kind of glossed over it. It's just, I, I get the preseason action is fun, but they pushed the preseason game to go to like seven minutes left. I could I watched it on my iPad, and I realized, well, they haven't really, t- the preseason game was Thursday. So I got Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and then even Tuesday. I, I It just glossed over the biggest fucking story in the league. And I also thought, they kind of made it look like he's just some happy-go-lucky, no-big-issue, which is not the case. So, I love the episode, and we can get in some positives, but the Antonio Brown element of it was kind of fluffy, I thought, and, and kind of fake. I, I just um, See, I, we disagree a little. Like, I, I'll be curious the next episode. I do think it's like the stuff happened Sunday, Monday. That's not – got to edit the show. Guy, they, they've, they've so, openly – the director has openly talked for years. They always are like – editing up until Tuesday night, and they, yeah, they yeah, usually yeah. Look, add Tuesday. Look, I'm not saying they didn't they hit it hard, but this is, this is an NFL-partnered thing, so I expect a little. But my point is, I thought all the, the way they did it was they, they split in all the NFL video talk, like the NFL headline. Like, you know. How funny is it when, is it when they fake impose it onto a TV? I, so, <laughs> Do you I think most people notice that, or just like no. me and you and people in the business? No, I don't think so. You, do you think people think it's real? Like when Peter Schrager's talking, like crushing them, and they're just watching it at breakfast, and it's loud? Yeah. But I, I, uh, I, I do actually love those parts. But I think, like, the, the making A.B. look happy, like, they can only show A.B. as he will present himself. And so they let him talk a lot, and he just was only, he's only going to say what he's going to say. Like, it's not an interview where you're sitting down asking him questions. So I thought letting him talk for, like, 45 seconds at a time did just kind of, you're like, what is enemy of the state? He's making these weird faces, and it's just, just want to get back to work. Just a hardworking kid. It's like, to, to me, the part that glossed over it the most was like, they how go, many gu- how they many go gummies Mayock. does AB pop every day? <laughs> they go Mayock, then they go Rosenhaus. The, the Rosenhaus interview from the TV station Florida looks like it's from a, like when you would put a fake interview in a movie. That's what that looks like. And then they just show A.B. like arriving again Monday, right? They show him like getting out of his car, kind of walking slow. But he looks like he's kind of avoiding the cameras. Yeah, I, uh, I'll i be interested if we get any more of what happened those few days in the next one. But at minimum, what they did show us was like I understand Gruden's anger watching this thing. Because then they go to Monday morning and Gruden is just like steaming. Or I guess it's Sunday morning. It's Sunday morning. And you see Gruden is steaming. He's shaking his head. He can't believe. He just, he's beside himself. 
It, the, the one was pretty funny when he like comes back for the first time and he sees Richie and and Gruden has said to him a couple times he said to him before the game like stay locked in on the sideline he's not staying locked in at all and clearly he's supposed to be listening at practice and he goes to Richie he just got back for the first time he's like you've been fucking shit up bro and they're just having a conversation while practice is going on oh my god but I, and this is where you respect I do respect Antonio for this when they start doing the walkthrough a little later, and he hops in, and Gruden's like, God, you, you're on top of the formations. And A.B.'s like, I ain't some fucking slapdick. It's like, and at the end of the day, A.B. is not some village idiot with the offense. He knows everything to do. Like that, that's, that's where I think from Gruden's perspective, they're not worried. This isn't Cordero Patterson. Like they, They're not worried about him learning the offense. Antonio knows everything to do. Just is he going to show up? Is he going to be there? Because at the end of the day, the bill of goods everyone was sold. Like, listen, we know it's, you know, we said we were starting over. We were building from scratch, but we acquired Antonio Brown. And people are like, well, you said you were doing one thing, and now you're doing another. The thing that they, they harped on, he's going to be really good for our young players with his practice habits. The motherfucker hasn't practiced. So it's like, you, you, when your players see this guy practice, I mean, they don't even, they've never seen him practice. Now, we'll see if he can just have a week of practice. Does he make it to this game? I, I'm interested. Does he play in the game? Yeah. Uh, this game in Canada? Uh, as Gruden said, well, this is first for me. I've never played a home game in Canada. But I, I thought Antonio was – I'm very entertained despite, like, it, some of the stuff is just so stupid, which might make it so funny when he's sitting there with – as I got a text from a buddy in the league – one is like, got it. Antonio looks high as a kite with this guy from like aerospace engineer going over how fast he's running, and Antonio dropping the line. Men won't lie, women lie. Analytics no, and he's only saying that because the analytics made him look a lot better. Right. And I'm like, God, are they gonna? Is he gonna say he's faster than Odell, or were they gonna say a name? And he's like, I'm not gonna say it, but he kind of wanted to say it. He was yeah. hoping like the the hippie dude with the long hair would drop the guy's name, Atulio. Factuals, John. That's my I, I just I'm gonna start, I'm gonna start using AB's word factuals. <laughs> I thought a, I thought AB was pretty funny. I you thought know, I thought Gruden was great the whole episode. Gruden too. was great. I got a little bit of a red flag you just reminded me of on AB is when he told Gruden that when it gets really hot, it bothers his feet. Like well, I, I think like, that's why it's hard to practice. It's probably easier in a game, right? Because in yeah, practice, yeah, you're just running, 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 running. You just never stop moving. For right. Three but, what hours. I, but what I'm saying is they cut off all the dead skin. It looks better. But now that skin underneath is is like baby skin. Like it's not yeah. – I don't know if that skin underneath is ready for A-B practicing. Now, the good well, news yeah. is he hasn't been. But yeah. he's back now. But I'm just saying, like, I'm just – all I'm saying is I'm pretty sure the foot thing is behind that, us. That was a week ago, though, guy. That was your timeline's a little off. That that was like Wednesday, not you know Sunday or Monday. Yeah, no. Well, that's fine. Whatever. I'm just saying. I just I'm 90 percent sure the foot thing is behind us. I'm not quite a hundred because if you told me like after four days of pra- after four straight days of practice in a game, he starts blistering a little because the skin's not ready for. Maybe it's fine by now. I don't know. But it was just caught my attention uh, a little bit. Just yeah. And then not- and then the best part though. This might have been my favorite part. Was Gruden's like, because his feet are hot. And so Gruden's like, well, maybe you need to go in a cryogenic chamber or whatever. And AB's like, I'm never doing that again. Like, that they laughed about that was pretty good. Like, that Gruden must have, and that's when they walked off the field talking about, come talk to me. Like, Gruden must have felt like this is behind me. And then the fucking sun goes down and it comes back up and the guy's gone. 
Because the helmet. Because they failed the helmet. Did you see Staley's comment? Did we talk about this yesterday? About uh, how the helmet, how he no. could relate to Antonio from the helmet. I guess he's, he must he said this on after the game on Monday Night Football, that he had the same helmet and what they loved about it. And we had the someone DM'd us about it, how it fit so perfectly on the, on the head. The problem was the padding wasn't there, but it never moved. And Joe said when he had to move the helmet... He pointed to his nose. He broke his nose because the big helmet fucked up his nose because it, it moves around. That's the biggest difference. And that's what the league's saying. Yeah, that helmet is great, but it's not safe because there's really no padding and it kind of sticks to your head. Yeah, we did get a long... Uh, we got a great breakdown get, from, take a, a, from take, a community college player. Take a seed pod. Take a seat pod. Uh, I, don't, yeah. I don't know his name. Sorry. Did he sign his name? Yeah, but basically the breakdown of... of um, the gel type padding that now keeps it lighter. But like you said, maybe there's a little more, a little, I, more I, I think in a perfect world, you would like to get Antonio a couple series in this game in Canada, right? Yeah. Even if you're going to, let's say you're going to give Derek the entire half to me, you don't have to give Antonio the entire half. Like you said, you're, you're kind of treading lightly with the feet. You don't want to push it too much, but you would like to get him maybe couple targets not just some action a couple targets you like to get him a catch in a live action right maybe throw him a deep ball i don't know i'm actually kind of expecting him to play wouldn't you i don't know when's the game is the game saturday saturday, saturday. hopefully it's a one o'clock game i'd love a little back-to-back action give me something to do, do like do you expect to see him i hadn't thought about that uh yeah yes yes because even the other day, remember, Gruden, like he's in his, you could tell once he gets to game time, he kind of wants to play. Antonio. Yeah. I'm trying to look what time the game's at. Must be at night. Niners game's at five. Raiders game. The Raiders game guy is not, is on Thursday night. The Raiders, Raiders game game's Thursday. tomorrow. Oh. All right. I can dig it. All over. Look at us all over the preseason schedule. If you told me the Giants or the Raiders, uh, the Giants, the Niners or the Raiders play every Thursday and then the other one plays on the weekend, I, I could, I, I could, I, I, I'd be fine with that. It's getting me through the preseason for sure. I got no issue with it. Uh, how about John Abram not knowing who Rodney Harrison was? I, I'm John Abram out. Just, just let him play. I'm tired of hearing about him. I, and I get why they keep showing him because he won't shut up. I can't take up. it. Yeah, but he's just, like, like, dude, your coach is talking to you, and you're just like talking to him like you're two drunk dudes at a party. Neither one is hearing what the other one's saying. I, and I, Gruden John, finally, Gruden was like, I can't, I can't have this conversation. He just turns and walks away. He's like, bro, you know you're not I, even listening to me. I don't care that you don't know who Rodney is. You, you're not even. I am coaching you. Are you? I am coaching you right now. I'm coaching you. You're not fucking listening. You, you know, one element that I would imagine Gruden has grown a lot, and you, you'd have to ask people that played for him. He feels like he's making an, an emphasis on keeping it loose in these camp practices, yeah, in yeah. Uh, the meetings, the like Hunter joking at guys. The Hunter Renfro picture was hilarious. How about the, the, the Chargers picture of the long snapper was fucking funny? Because I, I thought he was kind of going to light into guys about fucking up and then showing – like they were just making fun of that guy. And it was so hilarious. Great. It was hilarious. He's like, why did he drop the ball? <laughs> he just dropped the ball. He goes, now, if you do find yourself in this situation, 
that Charger guy just got destroyed on our knocks. That was good. I thought overall Gruden's just in game, being fired up, excited. It was it was it was really good. I, I the Gruden has has come into his own these last couple episodes. Well, this is what I always say, like for people, you know, say like you guys hate Gruden, whatever. Like I can one, and I don't, and I know you don't. We have questions about the adaptation to the modern NFL, as everybody has, but. I can 100% understand how if I were Mark Davis, I would have paid John Gruden to come be my football coach. I get it. I totally get it. Well, he's Don't a rock you? star guy. Uh, I mean, but, I, but, but I, I'm not just saying why. I understand why you would sit down with him and go, yeah, you know what? I, I believe in you. I buy in. Because when I watch him, I go, okay. Like, I want to – I give this guy a chance. My, my, my biggest beef guy is that uh, I think he's bad at personnel. And I think adding Mike Mayock and you and I, this show, and anyone that has a fucking pulse that knows what they're talking about, like the hire. Think it's like, God, this is going to make some sense. Now, will he listen to him? Time will tell. He, he's got to be very careful about acquiring too many Vontezes and, and Antonio Browns and Richie Incognitos. But I, I, you watch this and go, God, I, I like it. John Gruden entertains the shit out of me. And the biggest thing I ever knocked him on was the, the way he handled the Khalil Mack thing. And I've heard some things over the last six months where, you know, it's kind of what we always thought it was. It was more of a money issue than a John Gruden issue. And it kind of John Gruden's ha- hand was forced a little bit once they knew the price tag. So I, I, I'll defend him a little bit of that. I don't blame him as much. I, I blame the, uh, the limited funds and the cash on hand to make that transaction happen. Because uh, I, I think if you look at the timeline of it, looking back, he got traded after Aaron Donald signed the deal, and they realized what the number would be. And, like, middle cup, they got money! They always signed their players! Yeah, we get it. The league gives you $250 million. Did you have $90 million in your bank account on August 30th? The Bears did. We don't know if you did. And I think people in the loop, and Mortensen's mentioned it, and I talked to someone that that knows, that thinks that, yeah, they did not. So it wasn't. it was more of a, his hand was forced. I'm not trying to rehash this but it makes a little sense because it's hard to go from constantly talking constantly talking about Khalil Mack and I t- I Peter King had Jason Witten on his podcast and I've heard Jason Witten now on two podcasts if I ever came across Jason Witten like in an airport or at a golf course or whatever I swear to God guy I'd go up and I'd say I'm, I'm sorry Jason I was a little over the top with my criticism like you are a high level guy every time I hear you talk you're my type guy you weren't good on TV, but I, I, I like you. And well, I like I always cross- said, it, it's to me, if he had been calling, maybe he should have been calling the Thursday night college, you know, not, not even that, just like yeah. a random college football, and no one would have noticed. No, I, I know, 100%. But my point is, Peter asked him, because he's like, well, our first game was, he's like, the one cool thing was, is getting to be around some of these coaches and GMs and kind of seeing the other side, like, why did they trade Khalil Mack? And then Peter asked him, like, well, would you have done it? And, he, and his take was just, you know, there, there's a – in my career, and, and Jason's like 15 years, you come across a handful of elite dominant players, non-quarterbacks. And it's like I, I would never get rid of that human once I have him. And I, I don't think John Gruden's dumb enough to not understand that. So it, it kind of adds up. And you see John, like – John wants John wants fucking ballers on his team. Like John want John would rather have more Antonio Browns than Josh Jacobs, their first round pick, who's been invisible. You know why he's probably an invisible guy? He's probably pretty boring. You know, he's just probably just blue collar, hardworking, well, good player. Cleveland the same. 
Look at Derek. They they only have so much to go on to Derek. Like he's boring too. He's just there's not much. You know there's he's not a rah rah swearing all the time. He's kind of geeky quarterback. It's not that like it's not great. Like Gruden swears. Like that that's why it works. We'll scream at people. That's not really Derek's deal. Like, a lot of times when Gruden's losing it on the quarterbacks, he's screaming at the other two, and Derek just stands there silently. Right. Of course. Like, what's he going to say? Like, yeah, coach, get him. <laughs> like, no, he's got their guys. I thought a cool moment last night, and you see it with Derek, is when Glennon throws that touchdown pass when it was supposed to be for Waller, and it was the other, like, it was Carrier. And Derek was, like, fired up for Glennon. I mean, that's probably going to be his backup. Yeah. What did, I mean, what did uh, Kelly Endo say? Like, get me a guy with a I, – I need a, a guy with a big neck on this team. I just – to me, the, the line of the night was like, hey, Frank, you going to say something funny? Because then Kelly Endo was like, I ran out of material five minutes ago. <laughs> you realize he was probably up there for a while. The big ring always gets me when he's wearing the massive ring on his hand. Is, it, is that just a complete fake ring? Kelly Endo? Yeah. Oh, John, it's the, you go back and watch – it's like the size of – but it's just some fake ring that he bought to like signify a Super Bowl champion. No, I don't think. I bet he made it. Like it's it's the size of a cell phone. It's humongous. Yeah, yeah I, yeah. I noticed. I noticed it. But yeah, it's yeah, completely yeah. It's fake like, to like replicate a. Super Bowl. I think it's like made out of cardboard with some. Yes, it's a prop. Yes, yeah. because you know John's always just throwing his ring around. His ring yeah. is always in your face. Uh that was good. That was good. The, how about when he's like Madden? And he's right. Like, I bet he does Madden. The reason he said to the Raiders players, these guys know John Madden? Everyone's like, yes. But, like, I bet he does Madden and people don't quite get it. Like, young people. You're saying that Caliendo's Madden? Oh, 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 does the Yeah, Madden when Gruden's like, oh, do Madden. Like, he goes, should I do Madden? Do you guys know it? And they all and, got it. Like, it was great. And they did Charles Barkley, and that was funny. Yeah, the Barkley one was good. I'll give Gruden credit, too. Like, sometimes you see coaches just being an asshole to be an asshole. When the guy clearly says he's talking with uh, Gruden, they yank Waller. And then, you know, just the heat of the moment, the game, you just you got a lot going on. And especially in a preseason game, guys coming in and out. So Gruden had clearly made this play during the week for Waller, but Waller's out. When he starts screaming like, Waller, Waller! And then the tight end coach is like, Coach, he left 10 minutes ago. And then Gruden kind of wears it like, no, I knew Waller, that. Waller I says, that. I've, been out of t- I've been out of 10 minutes game time, Coach. Yeah, it's been a Which while. Which means I've been out for like 40 minutes. But I, I think that showed like some maturation probably of Gruden because some coach would be like, fuck, get back in. He just, I don't know, might lose it. He's like, yeah, I knew that. And he just kind of keeps going. <laughs> that, was, that, that was a highlight last night for me. Were you familiar with Waller, like his story? Not really. Uh, but my, my initial takeaway is you got to be really careful with guys like that because – he clearly is one of those, he's at practice, looks awesome, right? I bet Gruden thinks like, fuck, do we got a guy that's going to give us 60, 70 catches? Yeah, can you trust a guy like that? I mean, they're great stories and everything, but he's going to be their starting tight end. And it's like at any moment, he's like, I've been sober for two, like it's hard to stay sober. And it's not, and we're not just talking alcohol. I mean, this guy is a pill popper. You know, he's just, it, it's, you are... Hitching your wagon, and clearly they're really excited about him. I mean, they, you know, Vic's been writing about him forever, and I, I was like, why do they keep talking about this Waller guy? But then you see the highlights, and you realize he's probably out there for the last three weeks kicking the shit out of everyone because he's six four, six five. He can jump. He's got natural hands. He's tough enough to block. I bet Gruden thinks like 
we got a player that no one realizes how good this player is. And I think the NFL would go, well, there are a lot of players like that consistently that never live up for whatever reason. And his reason is he's just an addict. Now, can he stay sober? I don't know if he addict might be strong, but he is it fair to consider a guy an addict if he has to then go sober? Yeah, I mean, Probably. well, but but isn't the other part of it like he's Johnny's clearly a receiver who's now playing tight end. Now you can be a receiving tight end, like you don't have to be, you know, a big time blocker. I think in these days they're kind of a hybrid. He's like but I'm just saying, like, there's obviously a there's a physical there's a, like he does he quite is he fast enough to be a receiver? I don't know. There, it, I I think it's. There's probably a little more to it than just that, right? He went to Georgia Tech. It's not like he went. Yeah. So, I do wonder if we're building up a little just how good of a pure prospect he is. But I don't know. The other one, but, that but just, he's not. But guys, not. I mean, he's been in the league now for like four years. Yeah, yeah, I don't mean a prospect in the traditional sense. I just mean like. But I'll tell you how good of a prospect he was. He clearly probably had some issues because whenever he came out in seventeen or whatever, you know, he did at the combine. He ran a four four six. All right, so he's fast enough. at six six two forty. So why isn't he just a receiver? What's kind of what, what? He's 240. How many receivers are 240? He's like a. He's just like a hybrid. Yeah, he's just bigger than I realized. In terms yeah, of I mean, how, how big do you think he was? I just didn't think he weighed 240. Because he's well, so I think tall, he, I, he looks skinnier. But I, I think he weighs now like 255. He, that, he weighed 250 when he was coming out of college. He's oh, bigger right. now. Yeah, I didn't realize he weighed that much. He's massive. I thought he was like a 230 guy. Here's the bottom line on him. Again, what fucking year is this? From Zerline. Bottom line. Late bloomer who is faster than quick and has converted size, speed, combination. Waller isn't just a tall receiver. He has legitimate hands and body control and can impose his size on mismatched cornerbacks. Waller has low floor, but with little more competitive fire. So that's a big knock on him. And and what's his name was always screaming at him. Now, he claimed that he was always high, right? So that that's what was kind of interesting. The clips they were showing a Harbaugh, like, come right. on, Darren, because I bet Harbaugh's like, God, we got some here. But he's kind of loafing around, and Waller kept saying he was getting high twenty four seven when he was with the Ravens. And you realize, like, the powerful story of, you know, I wasn't going to quit. I I, have too, I do have too much pride as a human, as the way I've been taught, coached, growing up. But I was going to make it where they basically kicked me out of the league, so they could never call me a quitter. And you realize he was in a pretty dark space. Yeah. How about the uh, how about the Madden score adjusters who just come around and talk to you? That to me felt a little fake. Like for hard like, knocks, what is this? That felt that felt a little cheesy. Fake. Like, do they really go talk to players? I that that to me felt cheesy. Here's the other thing, though. Well, yeah, but what are those really guys quick? doing there? Like, I, whether they well, talk to players or not, do they go to practice and watch guys, or is it just hey, let's get some Madden guys out there to promote Madden? I'd have to text some people. That's a good question. It felt like a little more like that than they go to every camp and like talk to players because if they did, those the players would wear them out wherever well, they went. Absolutely. Or do they not talk to players, but since they were there, they talked to players because they thought that'd be good footage of guys complaining about their score. Yeah, they could just be there and the players don't even know who they but are. But then, like, are they like, are they like, oh, like forty-seven looks faster than I thought. We got to add a few to him. Okay, Waller, just scouting practice. Here's one. Waller's been in the league since fifteen. How many career catches do you think he has? Well, he said he hasn't played. I mean, 10? Yeah, 18. So it's just, my, my point is, it's a pretty big stretch to take a guy like that who has off-the-field concerns, who has been an all-time great underachiever, who now, you said he's been sober for a couple years. Well, he played for the Ravens last year. That can he... But I think, was he hurt? Didn't he say something about... Yeah, he missed some time. 
He... I have to look at his NFL.com page. But again, the overall point is the Raiders are depending on this human who has never proven anything as they're starting tight end. Like that's, it'd be a hell of a story if you got 60 balls. I just think usually guys like that are guys like that for a reason, typically. Now, every once in a while, and this is where the Gruden Al Davis philosophy, you take like seven or eight of them, you know, it's like a venture capitalist. You invest in 10 companies. Well, if one hits, you fucking... Everyone gives you a BJ. No one even cares about the ones you miss on. Well, they got Waller, Incognito, Vontez. Like, yeah, he, he played last year. He played in four games. Then he got hurt. He was suspended all of 17, played last year, but got hurt. I guess he was on the Raiders last year and got hurt. I didn't even realize he was on the Raiders last year. Mm. So Gruden likes him, clearly, right? Yeah. Uh, speaking of liking a guy, Kyle Shanahan. C.J. Beathard, his quarterbacks, John. Uh, what's he going to do? Like, we've been talking about, and you've been talking about, is he just too attached to C.J. because he, he drafted him in the third round the other day? He made a comment about every time C.J.'s in the game, you have the chance of a big play. That got a lot of attention. I, don't, I mean, I, I don't, I'm no scout. Nick Mullins looks pretty good, but C.J. made a few plays the other day. Guy, you, um, you, you don't have to be a scout or you, you could be my mom. CJ CJ Beathard is not as good as Nick Mullins. It's so there's that, that simple. So there's that element, like that's part A. And then part Are we B running is, a meritocracy with the 49ers or are we playing coaches' favorites? And and then part part B is is he gonna keep three quarterbacks because he knows Nick is better, but doesn't want to cut either one of them? Because now now you're taking up a roster spot. Like that would bother me more than just keeping CJ over Nick, because frankly, if it gets to either one of them, it's going to be hard football to watch. Relative to Jimmy, if Jimmy's hurt, we got bigger problems than CJ or Nick Mullins. Yeah, I mean, two things. I am fully prepared for him to keep three quarterbacks because he refuses to cut CJ Beathard. And second, I I think it's a dumb move. You just keep the two quarterbacks because at the end of the day, for as mad as I would be, is if they kept CJ over Nick. It's not that big of a deal because if either one is forced to play in legitimate action, you're screwed. Season's over. That means Jimmy's hurt, and they have a much, much bigger problem on their hands. But to me, guy, to me, words now with NFL coaches being literal to nothing, even even from a guy like Kyle who's very candid and very honest, which I appreciate. But we, we've seen, remember a couple years ago, Pete Carroll called Kaepernick a starting quarterback. I mean, coaches say all sorts of shit. It's like, yeah. why didn't you sign him? Well, he's just saying it. So if they do keep C.J. Beathard over Nick Mullins, that, that shows you immediately that the 49ers are no longer a meritocracy. They're just whatever the hell Kyle Shanahan wants to do. And I got no problem, guy, with coaches playing favorites. I'm like, clearly Hunter Renfro, right, is a Gruden favorite. And he's just going to he's gonna get a longer leash with the Raiders for years to come just because, but Hunter Renfro, it's pretty, like, kick and play. And even some of the younger dudes on the team were like, you see this motherfucker, Clemson? This dude balls. Like, C.J. Beathard stinks. No one cares that you drafted him in the three, th- third round a couple years ago because it'd be bad if that was your only quarterback. And you'd be like, God, Kyle whiffed on that one. You found Nick Mullins. You turned this guy from a practice squad guy to a better player than your third-round pick. You get credit. Like To me, there's no negative in cutting C.J. if Nick Mullins is better. Because at the end of the day, it's like if you draft a running back in the third round, like the, like the Denver Broncos, for example. Last year, they took Royce Freeman in the fourth, I think, and they took Philip Lindsay as an undrafted free agent. 
Well, Philip Lindsay ran circles around Royce. You don't get like, well, you missed on Royce. No, you just found a better guy. You get credit for the undrafted free agents. So, sorry, CJ, you're not good enough. See ya. And I, I get nervous. And this is a knock we give for Gruden all the time. Like, does Kyle, is Kyle a good evaluator? I, I, I don't know, of his own team. Because the number one thing people would tell you in the league, if you can't evaluate your own team, how the, rest, how the hell are you going to evaluate the rest of the league? Or the draft? Can't evaluate your own team? That I, I'm already getting a little nervous, but I, I'm not going to overreact until I see what he does. And then I'll freak. Yeah, I mean, I won't freak because to me this is... Not CJ freak, Bat- not freak, is- but it just it'll be hammered into my head that this guy has too much juice right now and is making the wrong decisions. Yeah, here's the thing. Even if he wasn't in charge of personnel, if he was a coach that worked for a GM, uh, quarterback might be the one spot where the GM would let him pick his guy even if the GM doesn't like his backup guy. See, I like, see it carrying over in other positions too, though, guy. Well, so, But this is my point. I got no problem with it happening at quarterback because that is the position that Kyle Shanahan should just get to have his guy. Like, he's the one that has to live and die with it. Uh, hopefully he doesn't have to die with it or live with it because either way we're effed. But if he starts telling the D-line coach who the better player is, if he starts telling the linebacker coach, if he starts telling Robert Sala, if he starts telling the O-line coach, that's where you have a bigger problem. But I think one thing we noticed in the preseason game the other night is why was Debo Samuel in, in the fourth quarter? When it's clear, you go to practice, like Debo kind of stands out, why is he not getting reps with Jimmy Garoppolo? Yeah. D- what's going on? Now, if, if, if this is why it's happening, if he goes, listen, obviously Debo's going to play week one and this season a lot. He's going to dress on game days. We might cut Marquise Goodwin. I got to see what he's got right now. I'd go, okay, that, that, like that type explanation, I got to give him extra rep because I, I might not even keep him on my team. That would make sense. But if it's like, yeah, we think these other guys are better, that's that's bullshit. I mean, that's it. Just is, and I, I just, I don't know. I, I just, I, I think the I'm already starting to see if Kyle does fail as a head coach, it's pretty clear what's gonna the reason for it being right. Yeah, it's, it's gonna be something well, that's taking down Goodwin, a lot of coaches. Yeah, if Marquise Goodwin's getting more snaps than Debo Samuel, um, when it matters, right. Yeah, in ga- in real games, I'm, I'd even say like it's going to be pretty uncomfortable for me to watch, just because yeah. I don't think it's going to be as good. Because like I've seen Marquise Goodwin. Let's just say Marquise is playing well, but Pettis isn't, and Debo's just standing there on the sideline. Like what? What are we doing? What are we waiting for? Just put Debo in for Pettis. Just what? what just because you want Pettis to be? It's not. You're trying to win. Like, are, are we playing favorites? Are, are we doing this? The version of nepotism in football with the players you drafted. Like that's that's but he starting to make. Debo. Well, I know, but it's like you drafted Pettis first, and you want to make sure that looks good too, because you yeah. know you got a little more time with Debo. Uh, that's uh, what I'm saying. You should, you get credit for it all. Yeah, but ultimately, the reason he would do it is totally irrelevant. Is it is it favorite to whatever? If it's if he's playing the wrong guy, he's playing the wrong guy. I don't care why he's playing the wrong guy. Right? Yeah. Like it's, you drafted them both, so I don't care if you like one guy more for the wrong reasons. I don't care what the reasons are. I. But I don't know. Like, I'm just – let's watch it play out. The fact is, if they're winning games, then this is a non-issue because he's playing the right guys. Well, like, that, that's, that's why, that's why this stuff – no one goes like, you know what? But, but John – I, I don't say, know if Andy's good on his receiver rotations or what the fuck is Belichick doing here? They don't say that about the good coaches. Right? That's yeah, why I think Kyle – some, some of this stuff's coming into play. 
Right. Well, I again, because I, I a little stuff for Kyle does make a difference. Like, well, if, if well, Pettis dropping that ball would 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 uh, would Debo have caught it? I think that's what we're talking about. Like his margins for error are really small. Where right. those guys are much bigger. And to me, that matters far more than than who we pick, than whether we pick CJ Beathard or Nick Mullins. Like what that scenario is a much big, will like really affect wins and losses. Well, I also think like, for example, if we bring up Bel- Belichick, let's just in his own little world. Let's yeah. just go the other really good coaches like Pete, Andy, Peyton. They just have so much to go back on. Like, well, I'm putting this guy slow because I've done this before with Deshaun Jackson, Jerry Macklin. Sean Payton's like, well, you know, where we did Reggie Bush a disservice is when we forced too much of him on. So we we like to balance it with Kamari. Like, ah, oh, this makes sense. You know, you know, you know the Shaquille Griffin and Akeem Griffin or whatever the other Griffin's brother. You just like, oh, Pete's got a plan here. Pete's done this before. This is kind of Kyle. Like, it's one thing. Well, he did it as offensive coordinator. No, you're the head fucking coach. So what's he? His resume as a head coach is now two and a half years running or whatever. This and it's it's not great results. So that, I think that also speaks to Gruden. What's hard with Gruden is like, well, he did this seventeen years ago. You know, there's that huge period of time. Yeah. That's why we're kind of judging and you nitpick on both the, these coaches in the Bay Area's like little moves. Now Gruden has succeeded. It was just a long, long time ago. Where Kyle, I'm sorry, you 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 can't hold on to your OC credit anymore when we when we start judging you as a head coach like three or four years in. Well, no, I think that's all legit. I'm just saying, to, to the original point on CJ versus Nick Mullins, Beathard versus Mullins, uh, an offensive coordinator, quarterback coach, head coach, that, that person with that lineage playing favorites with his quarterback is not a typical, like with, well, with Harbaugh, the Well, Harbaugh used to do with his back. Yeah, Josh Johnson was on the team and off the team every other week. Who was the guy from Sac State? Remember that guy? Beth Mullins or oh Bethel uh, Bethel Thompson. Bethel Thompson what was his first? McLeod Bethel Thompson yeah. yeah I mean every week there was a new quarterback yeah, so yeah but, it's not, but like it's you not, said if it's indicative of the way every position is getting decided then that's a real problem yeah I if it's just I want this guy I think this guy has it in him let's keep running him out there as opposed to well the other guy's just producing more and I'd say the difference too is like. Uh, and Marky's good one has been good at times, so I shouldn't at be times. Too but I, I do. Yeah, think yeah I just felt like I was a little too dismissive earlier. So, but, but I, I think, like for defense, whoever's going to be their start is it Adrian Colbert or is it Tavarius Moore? It's like okay, I mean we're kind of nitpick. But with, with with the receiver group, it's like well you paid Marky some the money, you've invested multiple really high picks in these players, and even I throw Jalen Hurd up there, and I guess he mentioned the other yesterday on the conference call. One reason Jalen didn't really play is he's been battling a little back tightness. So it's like, well, just make sure that guy's ready for week one. But you've invested a lot of capital in these guys. So we got to see it. That's why at the end of the day, like you said, C.J. Mullins, I will judge him harshly on, I just don't know if his judgment's right. Right. But it it shouldn't impact the team because that guy, in theory, should never take a regular season snap unless, like, you know, Jimmy gets rolled up on, has to leave for a play or two at most. Well, I'd rather him pick the guy that we think is the wrong guy than have three. Because we've seen enough. Just just pick one already. I Just pick Beathard or Mullins. We think you should pick Mullins. You can pick Beathard. Whatever. I, I, just, I have a hard time. But having time. all three of them around? Okay, I'm, I'm going to come in at from the, the Roseman value angle. You cut Nick Mullins and keep C.J. Beathard. Nick Mullins immediately gets picked up by some other team to be their backup quarterback. And you lost that guy. Where C.J., you cut him. 
He might be unemployed for a month or two, and you keep Nick Mullins. That, that to me, that— I, I mm. guess. I mean, are, is, the gap, is the gap a month and a half difference between the two? I'm not so sure. Do you I think C.J. Beathard's on a, on a roster? I, maybe, but I, I'm just saying, like, is Mullins, like, so clearly, like, somebody everyone else has to sign, and Beathard is so clearly no, somebody nobody will want? Well, here's the way I look at it. Uh, I, I think, I think C- Nick Mullins is a backup. I'm not so sure. C.J. Beathard is. As I text someone yeah. in the league the other day whose backup quarterback was in mid-game, I said, God, this guy stinks. He's like, he's like, we are just delaying his next career move. I said, what's that? He said, like, business, selling insurance, something else. Not, we were just yeah. delaying the inevitable. I, I, like, when we do move on, it's over. But, yeah, but to me, if you're keeping three guys when one of them is clearly better, if you – if you're keeping keeping two backups when one is better than the other, then you're never going to pull the bandaid off. So you might as well just get on with it now and have an extra roster spot. Yeah, that's they, all. They they should only keep two, and I think he detests the thought of cutting Beathard. I don't get it. I uh, don't get it. Neither do you. Neither do most people. All right. This podcast also brought to you by John. Real quick before we get to uh, some other stuff here, Sleep Number, the biggest sale of the year is going on at Sleep Number right now. All beds are on sale. When was the last time you really slept great? Isn't it strange? Uh, We'll try just about anything. We tell you about all these other options to sleep better. It could just be time for a new mattress, and maybe multiple people need a new mattress on the same mattress. That's where Sleep Number comes into play. Well, do you wish your mattress could be a little firmer or a little softer? Yes. That's the Sleep Number bed is famous for, guy. You can adjust each side. So it's right for both of you. I know that, you know, Haberman likes a hard, hard bed. Your wife not, likes not a if you agree. Yeah, <laughs> not if you agree. <laughs> not if you're with me. <laughs> likes a little softer bed. I, I'm somewhere in the middle. I'm not super firm, but too soft is, you know, once it starts feeling like you're in a, uh, a water bed, that, that's a little much for me. How about a bed guide that helps you, that keeps you asleep? That's the key. The Sleep Number 360 Smart Bed senses your movements and automatically adjusts so you effortlessly, I can never say this word, have a comfortable all-night sleep. Will you love it? Ask J.D. Power. Sleep Number has been ranked number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses. 2018 award information. Just visit JDPower.com, guy. That's right. Uh, come in during the biggest sale of the year for a limited time. Save 50, 50, 50, 50% on a Sleep Number 360 limited edition smart bed. You'll only find Sleep Number at one of the 575 Sleep Number stores nationwide. Find the one nearest you by going to sleepnumber.com slash ham. That's sleepnumber.com slash ham. Woo! All right. Um, Chiefs are on deck for the 49ers. You went to the schedule earlier. Uh, Andy Reid's going to continue. He told the media, I guess, Tuesday or Wednesday morning maybe, just what he normally does. That's what he's doing. He's playing his starters. And as you know, you know Andy. Uh, you work for him. That uh, Andy Reid doesn't just play his starters for three series. He plays them. The expectation is two quarters and then brings them out of the locker room, right? He likes them to get that that experience. So we're going to get – this is Jimmy G, John, and, and I'm just – I've been watching Twitter. I think Twitter is itching. And the NFL, there are just some people out there just itching for Jimmy G to look – and I'm not just talking Raider fans. For I'm really NFL people itching for Jimmy G to look the same way so they can jump all over him. And we're going to get him on the same field as the MVP. You know what's weird is on Monday night – I saw a lot of like, why is Jimmy getting a pass? I'm like, who are you following? He's getting shit on everywhere I look. Yeah. Everyone's being critical of him. He's getting no pass. This is a fucking war zone for Jimmy Z on Twitter. That from what I see, did you see the same thing? Yes. 
And I, I got continued. a middle cut. You're going easy. I, we we crushed them on that Monday night pod or whatever. Like, there's no way to put it. It was it. I, the only way to describe it is box score could not really have been any worse. One for six. I guess it could have been over six, but the one was a two yard, basically a handoff, and the eye test looked way worse than the box score. So he was terrible. But I, I think that going back to the scene of the crime, Andy, I think the scary thing is that are the 49ers going to be able to make it look like it's not just a blowout? Because I'm pretty sure they scored 35 points last year in the first half of the regular season. Well, if they're starting all their starters, I wonder, if could you see Andy getting up like 21 nothing? Is he going to blow them out in a preseason game? Would he yank guys? Or does he? Uh, is he so big on getting them to halftime? The one thing's key, though, is they got Frank Clark, they got Chris Jones, their defensive line's good. It'd be nice to just get a couple drives that, I don't know, weren't three and outs. Uh, and like you said, I don't know if it's a nationally televised game, but if his highlights are ugly, it's not. If his highlights were ugly again, it would clearly go viral. To me, he's got to complete some passes, guy. Yeah. Whatever they have to do in this offense to get him a couple layup throws, some 7, 8, 10-yard completions, to just I, they do that thing, that cliche thing they like to say, as DJ's Twitter handle, move the sticks, and just sustain a drive. To me, you don't even need to score touchdowns. Just get a couple first downs in a drive. Move, I don't know, flip field position. Like, get, just go from the your own 25. Is it considered your own on the back end of the field or on the front end of the field? I always get that mixed up. Back end of the field. So, yeah. So, if I'm when you're in the red up, zone, you're on their 12-yard okay, line. Okay, so, yeah. So you go from your own side of the field to their side of the field, even if you at the 40 and you got a punt, whatever. But it's just like, okay, they, they put together a drive. I, I can live with that, right? Yeah. That's what he needs to do. He cannot have another two for 12. Uh, well, I would say I would add something to it. The, the, these two things probably, they go hand in hand. Putting a drive together goes hand in hand with this. But making throws that in the regular season will lose you, like you will lose games on two of the throws he made in the Denver game, right? Potentially, I, it's not just incomple- incompletions are one thing, interceptable, all, bad decisions and bad throws are another thing. I, I would say the number one key that he's got to have this week is clearly not throwing interception, but even going deeper into the GFF guy football focus. Thank you. No interceptable balls, right? No interceptable balls. Can you have, whether you play five or six series, no interceptable balls, guy? Yeah, no, exactly. Now, I would say if he plays five series and they're moving the ball over the place and he takes some chance downfield, it's okay, that's different. Well, you, got, well, you can have you can throw an interception guy if you throw three touchdowns. I'll let that pass. But you <laughs> yeah. can't have a no touchdown, no, no picks, pick, but three but interceptable yes. balls. GFF is very where, hard. Where the, bat, where the honey badger is laying on the ground, hitting himself in the head like he can't believe he just dropped that. Yeah. Would you and say the guy, if the, and if the, the guy honey that, badger picks him off, we got problems? And the guy that replaced D Ford is laying on top of you. Yeah, <laughs> Frank yeah. Clark. Not replaced him in the position, but replaced him on the team. Basically, the, the offensive mind. line being nice to get a little back bounce back week. That would be nice. Yeah, I, I'm yeah. actually nervous. If I Kyle Shanahan, they're going to try. We got a lot of pieces out. Can we stop them? Like, could they just throw up 28 points in the first half? Because if you're just playing hey, Steph, if they, th- they throw up 28, that's fine. If the Niners throw up 21, then that's good. What if it's like 28-3 at half? Would yeah, if it, looks like the, if it looks like the Raiders-Cardinals game. Yeah, because that's, to me, it's, I almost tweeted this the other day, like the Chiefs are the best team in the league. Well, you can't really say that because it would be the Pats. 
But it's weird. You look at the patch, you're like, they're not the best team in the league, but they're they're always going to be the Super Bowl champs. <laughs> it's it's kind of the same way we talk about Brady. Is he the most talented quarterback ever? No, but he's the best. Because to me, it feels like on paper, going into the season, I'd say the Chiefs are the best team in the league. Now, would I pick them at Foxborough in the AFC Championship? No. But I, I, I do feel good about their chances to win the whole thing this year. I, I, I feel very good about my, I picked the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl. Like, that's... That's who I expect to be in the Super Bowl guy, the Chiefs. Now, it's not really discounting the Patriots because they're just, I mean, they've been to eight straight AFC Championship games. They've been to five of the last seven Super Bowls or whatever. But it does kind of feel like it's this year. Is there a year? Uh, so it, it could be look pretty ugly. Like, this is a big test for the Niners in a preseason game. When, when is that, their team's going to try. And they, Niner fans, get ready. If it doesn't go well... People are gonna. You're gonna feel. You're gonna feel the wrath. Like people but, but, are ready I, to I, pile on. But I do think it's kind of fair in the sense that, yeah, that Andy's open about it. Like I'm playing my starters. He he game plans this week. Like you, you notice in the second preseason game, Gruden game plans kinda. Like they're just going over some strengths and weaknesses and players. He's being pretty generic, and it's the whole teams involved. Like you would never show film on Kyler Murray with like your offense sitting there. It's a waste of their time. It's just inefficient. Like they could be over there talking about the defense. To me, it was just training camp. Instead of showing practice, they start showing the other team. Well, this is the week when you kind of, this is how I know this, I know for a fact, this is how Andy handles it. It simulates the game week. So this is Wednesday. They're playing Saturday. This would be their Thursday of a game week. They're installing whatever it is, red zone and two minute today. Of the Niners stuff. Now, it's it's not quite as intensive as it would be week four, but it's closer. Like, you print out a scouting report. They're, they're taking it semi-seriously. And, I, yeah, that's where I'm a little nervous for Kyle because, like you said, people are itching. If if we look up in the first quarter and the, it's a blitzkrieg and it's 14 nothing seven minutes into the game and it just feels like Mike Tyson's on one side and fucking Haberman's on the other... Like, oh my God. It's going to be fair that everyone's going to think, like, this team is super overhyped and it's not going to go well. Yeah. I, well, I will start. We, we are, we will start being concerned if that Like, if I, I, I think it's fair to expect, like, Kyle. You agree? Can, can, yes, because I think it's fair to expect from Kyle. Can you just try a little in your first couple drives and game plan at first 15 and just try to score some points? Just, just for the health of. You can never worry about the fans or you'll be sitting with them. That's that's fair. But know this. If the fans are all freaking out, you think Kyle sleeping super well at night with Jimmy throwing all these picks and looking shitty in the games? You bet your ass he's not. That's the thing. Like, It's one thing if you overreact to an at-bat or something. And I know Kyle was quoted yesterday of saying that it would basically be irresponsible to overreact to 11 plays, which is true. But that doesn't mean he's not concerned about those 11 plays, right? And they're talking about him in their staff meeting yeah. and in their coaches' well, meetings. To me, it's like we have those 11 plays. All right, now we want another 25 plays. What do we get out of that? What do we have after 36 plays? Right? I wanted to tweet this out, but it was just the context, and it, I didn't want to go too far into it. I'm like, the last time I saw this shitty of an offensive performance with a starting quarterback who was expected to be good, it was 2010 Kevin Cobb. And he was benched by week two. Oh. Now, it, I didn't want to go down that rabbit hole. And that was it's a, a second li- rounder for Cobb? 
Yeah, but he had started a bunch of games before. It was the first time he was a full-time starter, and I vividly remember about three preseason games in. By the third one, our offense looked horrendous. We couldn't move the ball, and I'll never forget the day after the third preseason game, it was an away game. Like, we played the Titans. Well, they got back. You know, the game was at 5. They probably got back, like, midnight. I remember getting to the office like a normal work day, you know, like 7 or whatever in the morning. And Kevin Cobb, as I'm walking up the stairs, was also walking up the stairs to go meet with Andy and Marty. Just about, like, they weren't going to bench him there or anything. But they were just trying to figure out what was going wrong. Like, it was... Because on the outside, everyone thought, like, we're going to suck. Well, inside, we were a little nervous, too. Because it did not look right, guy. So it's just human nature for you to get nervous. So, John, he Don, how how early had McNabb gotten hurt the week prior? Cause well, no, Cobbs, that, that, that was the year before I got there. In that offseason, before, gotcha. in the offseason of the year I got there, they had traded Donovan McNabb to the Redskins. Well, so the reason I asked just gone is, all in on Kevin. Because they got the stats, because it's his first he started no okay so his first start the week prior for McNabb was 31 of 51 <laughs> for 391 two touchdowns three picks which which think about it 51 attempts in 09 was pretty like that's a lot that's ahead of his time right so then he's got him up 21 to 7 in the first quarter in the second half he had uh, some mo- he had some moments where he could look really good he didn't have a great arm but the, but the thing so is they, so they kicked Kansas City's ass in his second start. Yeah. I just, Anyway. He, he just wasn't good enough. Go. And it was clear. Now, this is a little different because we've seen Jimmy be good enough. So, but I, but I also think it's not arguable. This has not been an ideal off, uh, preseason. His training camp, for all intensive purposes, for everyone that's judging it, thinks it's been below par. His games have been bad. Now, his game. I guess that was his first game action. It's like, yeah, week two, it was his first game action. Was couldn't have gotten any worse. So it's not it has not got off to a good start. Now, do starts in the preseason matter or not? No, but we can just judge what does happen so far, and it has been bad. Right? It's been bad. S- simply put, bad. We're like Mahomes, you don't hear anyone like Mahomes looks like he's regressing. You know, you, you, all I hear is like, oh, Josh Allen's looks good. Oh, Darnold's looks good. Oh, Mahomes looks fine. Russell Wilson looks normal. Kirk Cousins made some plays. Jimmy, just I just need a couple plays out of Jimmy to take a deep breath. Or else I'm going to start thinking like, yeah, this guy might not be as good as we think. Yep. Uh, all right, some other NFL headlines. Fire away. Jerry Jones. I have earned the right. I uh, My favorite part of that whole press conference was – Jalen there next to him who just got paid but part of getting paid is you got to sit out here where while Jerry just goes at it and really it's the second because he did a media scrum too After, where that yeah. was he was really angry in that one well because that got I watched the majority of the press conference a lot was about Jalen still Jerry would randomly bring up like this is a contract story kind of like saying an FU to Zeke right but a lot was still about Jalen the final question was, is there still enough pie? And Jerry's like, there is, but some of the pie has gotten eaten. So there is less overall pie. And I, you can see Steven's face like, Dad, why are you saying this? Like, even though it's clear, obviously there's less pie. You just gave this guy $35 million. 
But to me, it also symbolized you read about Jalen, like how, how good of a guy he is. And I think he like inspires Jerry, like just what a type of person he is. And then he's a really good player too. It, it also felt like the deal, Steven just gave the numbers. They're like, can we get the contracts? And Steven's like, yeah, we gave a five-year deal. And then you can tell Jalen's kind of looking, he's like, he's going to give the numbers. Steven just, hey, we get 65 million and 35 million guaranteed. I thought, well, doesn't that kind of feel like a Zeke type deal? Five-year extension, $67 million, 35 guaranteed, that he's probably turning down. Like that, that, those exact dollar figures were probably given to Zeke, and he said no. And it feels like in these last couple days, especially when he said Zeke who, and then, and then Rocky, uh, Zeke's agent, said he was disrespected, that Jerry might have snapped and said, Jesus, give that fucking money to someone else. Now, they claim they had been talking for a week, but you can't convince me that that didn't speed up the process to get Jalen. And then, like you said, the comments he had after the scrum of, I'm not a, I'm, I've earned the right. Like, that's Jerry saying, I'm the fucking boss. Right. You know what Jerry's kind of saying? And what Brian Flores did the other day with the Jay-Z songs for Kenny Stills. This, you guys can act and, and get inspired in, in Mayock's comments the other day. AB and all your receivers and Zeke with these NBA guys and this player empowerment. That's not how this fucking league rolls. This is a, you know what, I'm the head coach. I'm going to play Jay-Z till the fucking cows come home. That that was a major FU from Brian Flores. And I saw some fires fall some people from the Miami Dolphins that are like, it's not even about politics. It's about, this is, that's a Belichick. Like, I run this show. Like, Zeke, I run this show. You don't, you don't comment to a comment I made to try to like, that, that works in the NBA, and Lacob, you know, if that was Kevin Durant, would have to backpedal. There's no backpedaling in the league. We're the number one league with the most fans. Fuck you. And I, I kind of like Jerry Jones doing that because it's – I'm so tired of the player empowerment victimhood when stuff is not a victim. Like, Zeke, like, and you texted me yesterday, he's in Cabo. So he, they're going to bitch and moan while they're in Cabo? Jerry should have said F you back, and I, I think he wanted to. Yeah, look, I am – often on team no apology because so many of these things like I you know what Baker popping off about Daniel Jones I you know what I like about Baker's the quote I like that no one that doesn't get as much attention as Baker saying I didn't want to apologize for planting the flag but I had to they made me do it and I it felt like I felt like a fraud that I was standing there for something like I had to sit out for something I didn't think was wrong I'm with them like, I loved it I loved it because well, he also kind of – I loved him too, like the administration. Like, why are you being such pussies about it? Who cares? Exactly. But I don't put Brian Flores in that same category. What I would say to Brian Flores is like, what This is what are you fucking with this for? But whatever. He's the coach. He can do what he wants. His choice. But Jerry, absolutely – not only don't apologize. I think the question now becomes is like, is not, a, is not apologizing as angry as he going to get? Or is he going to do something – is he going to trade Zeke because they can't – Stephen Jones can't pull him back? Like, are they going to do something like that? Well, I think on the most basic level, they drafted him first or number four overall. He's become a great player. Could they get a first rounder back for him? I think it's pretty clear they probably could not, right? Find me a team that would give a first rounder for him. The Texans, would they do that? I mean, they'd be liable to. They they do have a crazy coach who's the GM. Yeah, I mean, could Tampa risk it? They've been pretty shitty the last couple of years. That could be a really high first round pick. For the biscuit, um, like the team you always think of when you start thinking about stuff like this is Philly. They would. But they wouldn't trade him. Well, they wouldn't pick. trade him in the division. 
I'm just saying when you start thinking about like you just think of Howie, you'd say the Raiders would always be in the mix, but they can't do it. That's that ship has sailed. Um, what Buffalo? Could Buffalo trade LaShawn and a pick? Like a but, lesser? But, 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 but I'm saying first round pick. Oh, right. I'm just trying to find like you because you said to me earlier, like how well, many I think places? this is this is a deal that would make some sense. Ship his ass to Buffalo, and you trade me Shady McCoy, so I get a veteran running back, and I get your second-round pick. Now, you're not getting great value. Like, you ended up trading the fourth overall pick, who was a great player, but who became a pain in your ass? Now, here would be the other thing. Would Buffalo then pay him a huge contract, give him like $40, $45 million? Well, yeah. I mean, if you're trading a first form, you have to get him in the building. But, I, but I, see, to me, you think Buffalo would trade a first-round pick for him? No, I'm saying if you acquire him, you've got to pay him. Yeah, but I, that's what I'm saying. I, they like, could not pay, get a first. So that's where I think a, the trade gets complicated. Would they be willing to trade him for less than a first-round pick? Because a, a first-round pick's not on the table. I, that's, that, that, to me, is the, the curveball in this whole conversation where I do think Jerry would like to trade him, but it's hard to stomach trading such a great talent that you did draft so high for a second-round pick. That's what's tough. Especially right. when you just had to acquire Amari, who's less of a player, though pretty good, but you had to give a first because he was a first, and he was pretty talented. Zeke's been much better, but he does play running back. That's probably the argument when they're telling him, Dad, if you draft Zeke, two, it's a double whammy. It's we're going to have to pay a running back three or four years in, or we're going to get rid of him, and our return on investment for how high we drafted him is not going to be great. Chargers? Chargers, they're in L.A. That you know they overpay with the first just because they all they're losing to the star power battle to the Rams. They also well, don't want do to they pay do, their what guy. Do they do, what do they do with Melvin Gordon? Just buy, just trade him for like a third. Yeah, trade him back. Maybe they send him to trade. Send him to the Cowboys. See that to me is like a Howie move. He would get Melvin Gordon for a third. You know he wouldn't get. You're right. They would never trade him to Philly, but he wouldn't give a first round pick for Zeke. I don't think anyone would. I mean, I think you'd be hard-pressed to find a team that would. Well, if you're acting irrationally, then you need somebody else who will also be acting irrationally. And so could the Chargers act irrational just in? No. We need star so. power. Okay. Because so they've else? never really acted like that. I'm, that's what I'm saying. I, I don't think it really – that's what makes this complicated. His market isn't great. You could easily get rid of him. Like, if they put him on the trade block right now, we'll just like – we'll trade him for whatever, like a fourth. He'd be gone by lunch. Like a B, like a third and a fifth. Yeah, I, I, it'd be easy. Now, see, I don't know. The thing with AB is he was already making money. You only had to give him $30 million a bonus. Like you do, to, if you trade for Zeke, he's not showing up unless you pay him. You know, that's you can't trade for a holdout. That guy doesn't show up unless you give him a contract. Because nothing changed, just his team changed. So if someone did give a third, is someone willing to give him $48 million guaranteed? That's what... Like, would Buffalo risk it? I'll tell you this. If Buffalo did get them, they'd be a little more intriguing to watch. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, it, but but I, I, I do think there is – I thought no chance he's going to trade them. I, I think a trade is definitely on the table right now. Don't you? Uh, yeah, I think the Cowboy – the fact that Steven's around makes it less likely. Because they asked Steven a couple times. He said, it doesn't change our plans with Zeke, Amari, and Dak one bit. He acted like it was separate. They're all separate entities, and they're all on equal playing. They, they've navigated the and set up the money to be in this position. That's what he claimed. Now he's a much better politician than Jerry up there, without kind of showing his hand. Where Jerry's just right. 
when you're 77 years old and you're worth an unlimited amount of money, I don't blame Jerry. Because I think a lot of people probably in the league is like, God, Jerry's losing. I look at him. You know what Jerry is? He doesn't have fucking time to bullshit anymore. What, what, am, what am I negotiating with you, Zeke? Our offer's our offer. That's just... The, the, um, negotiate through the press or not through the press. Who gives a shit? This is my offer. You're a running back. You've been a slappy. You're in Cabo. This is it. So yeah, whether a microphone's in my face and I say something or whether I don't, it doesn't change the fact when I talk to you, I talk to you. Like that's, this is it. That's where I, I kind of appreciate, and I, I actually kind of agree with that strategy more. I think people waste too much time often being, now I get it in this business, in the NFL, things are, especially with them, are so polarizing. So everything Jerry says goes so viral so fast, it does well, become a big deal. Yeah, I mean, the fact, and you said this originally, like Jerry's being defiant, and I love it, but the second he made the joke and realized he was being filmed, he also realized that probably was not the move. Well, he's not. I wish I hadn't been filmed. He said that. No, I'm saying the second he realized he was being filmed, he also realized he needed to try and put that back in the bottle. Yeah, it was like that. Don't. But it was too late. Well, he's lucky that the reporter kind of pointed it out for him to let him shoot it down immediately, right? Yeah. Because if he hadn't, he might have. I think. I think his name's Clarence. Did him a solid because I bet Clarence would tell you, like off the record, like Jerry can just get going and just say some shit that if it was. If it did get out, the the player would be like, "What did he say about me?" <laughs> but I, you know what though, guy, I, I am just, and maybe a lot of people listening to this. Oh, I mean, we got so many people live in the Bay Area that are just so worn out by the Kevin. I get so worn out by the NBA that, that the players think they can push around the owners, and it happens in the NBA. They're right. They renamed them governors and stuff like that. Like it's it's almost like you can't even be critical of players anymore. And that, the NBA, you can't really because. Everyone's so pro player. All the media is in bed with all the agents. And it's just, I, I think the, it's the NFL is completely different. Yeah, I, I think it's simpler than that. I think it's in any realm, in any business, the person with the leverage can say more things and do more things than the person without the leverage. And in the NBA, because players are not, because the players have made now so much money that they don't have to just take the biggest check, because. Uh, they have the ability to negotiate contracts with one year and two year opt outs because they have the really it's not about the ability. They already have the financial security to do it. In the NFL players have the least amount of job security and the least amount of financial security. And as everybody has started making more money now, the players aren't as rich as the owners, but they're rich enough to make decisions that aren't based purely on the money. Like it used to be you could just say whatever you wanted. At the end of the day, if I put the most money in front of you, you're going to swallow and take it because you had to. But now the money's so big. Well, fuck. I, I've got so much money banked. I'm making so much money from Nike. Like, yeah, I'll take 35 instead of 42 to do what I want to do. And that's changed to me the scale. Uh, and, that, and I mean, that's like anything. Like, like for example, John, you and I, in, we were in an experience like at the radio station. We worked at a radio station where we were not we didn't act towards the boss as if we had as if we felt like we needed to do everything we wanted to do, everything we could do in our power to keep the job. We didn't care about keeping the job. Well, that changed the balance of, like, we acted in a way that people who didn't care about keeping the job would act. True, but it wasn't from a leverage, like, from money standpoint. It was more just a principled standpoint. Right, I but, I was what working. but what I'm saying is the scales were not normal because we, at the end of the day, didn't care about what he offered us. And the NBA players, the scales are not normal because they don't quite care what you offer. Yeah, that's true. That's all. Like, in the NFL, the scales are normal, like most business. Like, you got to shut up and take it. 
if you don't have the leverage. And usually the money is the leverage. Well, but, but, players but I don't think, have more money than owners, but they've got enough money in the NBA that they can take some of the leverage back. But but I think Jerry's whole thing, like with the Zeke, like Zeke, you are not. It's 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 like threefold. First, Zeke, you play running back, and we're offering you a lot of money. So like you are not Khalil Mack out there. Teams are not lined up to get you. That's not the case. Two, you have constantly been in trouble. So how do you expect me to pay you when I can't trust you? And then three, I, I, I do think it was pretty egregious for them so quickly to come out and say something on Jerry's comment. I, I, I just think that kind of borderline jumped the shark, you know? And and I'm not actually shocked at all to see Jerry snap a little on that because I thought it was like, are you now just trying to poke me publicly and like you, you're going to control this? Again, you're running back. You've been constantly in trouble. And I also think what Jerry was saying is what I've kind of been saying the whole time is I think it's offensive to Jerry when Jerry says, I've earned that right. You know why I've earned that right? It'd be like my dad. You know why I've earned the right to discipline you when you're 12 years old? Because I've paid for everything you've done for 12 years. I've given you a house. I've given you a lot. Like Jerry's like, hey, hey Zeke, it wasn't just football that I gave you a team and I drafted you. And I stood up in the room when everyone's screaming Jalen Ramsey. Let's not forget that. I, he was kind of, he took some heat at the time for right. not taking Jalen Ramsey. But two, it's that every time, every single time I get a notification or the police call me or whatever, we got a problem with Zeke, I've been there. I've fucking been there every time. And now your your agent has the cojones to tell Chris Mortensen that. Honestly, I, I, would, I would think about trading him to the shitty team, shittiest team possible. The problem for Jerry is he's old and he wants to win a Super Bowl and it just diminishes his chances. Yeah, well, that I mean, is that is the one leverage Zeke has. That that is what uh, Odell Beckham claims happened to him. That they sent him to hell to die they, or they, something. They sent me here to die, which I, they might have. What do you think of that? Just like Z, of Odell saying well, he they claimed had they had better offers. offers. Yeah, he claimed they had better offers, which we've kind of talked about. Like, did the Niners offer the second overall, or did they offer more than Cleveland offered and just not get them? Well, what somebody about- replied to me on Twitter and was like, well. Think about, but hold on a second. Like, were the Niners viewed as a better destination than the Browns at that point in time? It's a fair question. Like, if we really took a step back and said, who's trending? But, yeah, I would say yes. The Niners were viewed as if, if you let him choose, he probably would have chosen San Francisco over Cleveland. Well, what, it was a fair question somebody pointed out to me. On to Twitter. me, the better offer, what could the, if the Niners were not going to touch two, they're, the only – way they could even get an equivalent offer would be the second round pick, pick Debo, you know, 36, and next year's one. Well, assuming that, that if that's the better offer, like, I don't know if that's a better offer because what if the Niners, that's like pick, what if that pick is worse than 17? It's like 23 because they make the playoffs with Odell, you know? Now, right. it's yeah. all these other teams, like were the Patriots offering a couple ones? Who knows? But how would Odell know that? Because like the agent hearsay, the maybe. A- yeah, yeah, the agent. But how how well does he actually know the truth? Because it'd That's be easy. Question. It'd be easy for a GM to say to his agent, right? We were in on him, man. We were offering stuff, and they said well, no. But I do. Do you think that like is it possible if you're a GM, if you're John Lynch, let's say, you're about to go all in on a trade. You're about to offer the second overall pick for Odell Beckham. You need to talk to the agent just to make sure. Like, can we get him signed if we get him here? Right, like the Raiders, Khalil Mack. Uh, Odell was the already Bears, signed. Though. The Bears, Khalil, but didn't he get more money? No, they remember he was like, I'm not. Remember at first, 
it, he was going to kind of go Antonio Brown, like I'm okay, not showing so, up with a race, but he fine, ended up coming. The, yeah, you're right. So the point is, you, you would have had to talk to him about it for sure. Yeah. He was th- he out. was kind of threatening that. There and, was we'll, and, and maybe on a more basic level, just he, he'll come here, right? Like he'll be cool if we. So maybe that's how you find out. Will he come to OTAs? <laughs> yeah. Just yeah, we're not giving the second round pick for you to miss all OTAs. Second yeah, overall, it, right? Second overall pick. So I, don't, I, 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 I did you read the article? No, come on. Would you read the article? Yeah, I might. But that, but but I do read articles. I don't mean to sound like I don't read articles. That article doesn't. I just don't have much interest in going no, on a deep I, dive. On I, I got no interest. But the one thing I cannot do is that article was probably written during off season, right? During the OTAs, I would imagine, and they just wait to push it out. That I all these people yesterday and all these people in the media were crushing Baker. That was a universal opinion. I, I don't know specifically. He claims his words were taken a little out of context. But even if he said, like, how did they draft him six overall? Every single person in the media had that opinion. Every single fan had that opinion. That was a universal take. So everyone's like, I can't believe he's... Everyone had that thought. Every yeah. fucking player. See, I don't... I uh, Now, maybe he was taken out of context. I don't know. But I get... Like, I, I get some of the reaction towards Baker. Like... Are you want to put like it's like he's not a member of the media. He's a football. He's the quarterback of a, of another team, and I you know I just I think like if you if you if you if you were his GM and you're like why are you talking about somebody else's quarterback? That's not your job. Like I do think that's a, just a normal reaction. Well, I, I, here's the other problem I think that Baker has going for him is I I think Dorsey's a meathead and Freddie is I like Freddie but I, I don't know if Freddie's Mister Dynamic. That I don't like. You know what Andy would say if Baker was a quarterback about three comments ago just cut it off no right. more just yeah. stop talking i, I understand is, why he got criticized well, I, I do too I'm but i'm saying he doesn't have anyone in his building ever going to tell him that right but i'm I, just saying just because that was the opinion of the media doesn't mean that he like him sharing it is different than 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 media members sharing it, it just yeah is. i i get like it's you just different. said it's not a big deal but like you said if you were if andy reed would be like dude just don't it's not no that's not how we're gonna act here and which is fine I, I would agree that it's just unnecessary, but that specific comment, like I, it, it doesn't bother me at all. And I also, also I also think like, it could be some Jedi mind tricks, him just getting Odell's back, knowing that Odell hates the Giants, and it, that's his job. He might tell you, like, I was just crushing the Giants because I know Odell it hates could them. could be. And you know what? The other part of this, and this is like, I don't know how he said it. How you say something matters, and a lot of times, in, and he's even saying, I didn't really even say it that way. But how you say something matters. Did he say, like, man, I I can't believe they drafted well, he, that guy. Well, because he claimed, like, we were sitting there, like, I can't believe they took that guy six. I mean, hell, I didn't even think I was going to go number one. He just acted if, like it was yeah, a normal conversation. if that's what he said, that's one thing. I got That's just normal person talking. But is he out there, like, giving his take? Well, I, 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 know. I, well I know this. The only thing, the only place now where you can get stuff taken out of context is like magazine writing and newspaper writing. Because in video, it's hard to get things taken out of context now mm-hmm. uh, just because we just post the video. And that's where I think the clickbait, and I've had this thought for a while, clickbait's holding on for dear life because there are only so many publications still in service that like major magazines, they're dying more and more every day. Newspapers, non-subscription ones are dying more and more every day. Like, clickbait's not going to be around forever. There, there's no clickbait on a video. Yeah, there now, is, though. But see, that's I, I, I know what you're saying, but I don't think you're saying, like... You can, cl- you, can, you can give me the headline, but if you click the video, it's clearly it's wrong. Right, but it doesn't... But clickbait doesn't care if you find out that it's wrong once you click it. 
Clickbait is just the headline that says. I would agree. I guess my, my overall click. point, though, on the clickbait for the video, it's just easier for, especially the younger generation, to click the video, watch the video, and be like, oh, that headline's stupid. I'm not reading the GQ article. It's just not happening. Yeah, but that's a separate thing. Because I, like, I was texting with somebody yesterday, and they were like, see, this is why the Players' Tribune exists. And I'm like, I guess. But at the end of the day, if I read your Players' Tribune article, and I, like, the difference between the Players' Tribune and journalism is, is like, in journalism, you get asked questions, and you have to give answers to things you don't want to talk about. In articles written by players, they only write what they want to talk about, which is fine. There's an avenue for that. But there's still a difference between actual questions being asked by actual journalists and that versus just, hey, we're just going to put out my own thing. And now everybody has the ability to put out their own thing, which is why I think some people, sometimes the media is like, no, 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 you gotta, we got to get you in a spot where you're going to have to answer some real questions. Here. Well, I, I, but I think- the point, my, my response was, yeah, there's a reason for it, and it's fine, and it exists, and it, it'll exist. But to me, it's the difference between video and audio and print. Like, I think that I think quotes, tw- specifically quotes, John, quotes, because the access is now anybody can read your quotes anywhere or hear your quotes anywhere. I quotes agree. lose a value in an article. Like I to me, a lot of articles with quotes, I skip the quotes. If it's like a, if it's an innocuous now, if it's like anonymous scout, that quote I read. Yeah, I, I, I hear you. I hear you. Yeah, I, I think that actually the player Tribune, I feel like has lost a lot of luster over the years because now players like, if I want to know what LeBron thinks, you just look at his Instagram page. You want to know what someone thinks, they just tweet it. I'm not reading your article that I know is like super master class from some editor that I don't even think he wrote it. I, I think, I, I haven't read a Players' Tribune article and I used to love them at first and then I realized I was probably kind of fraudulent. I haven't read one in three or four the, years. Well, the last one I read was Kevin Loves and that was a while ago. On mental health? Yeah. yeah. You're a better man than me. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's, to me, it's this is there's a simple way. See, to make but sure to, you but I, I'd say that like Kevin Love on mental health, that would be one to read. Like that would be unique perspective. He's not really even trying to craft anything. He's just kind of giving like I got issues. I'm dealing with them. I, I think it's more that if Baker Mayfield had a Players Tribune article tomorrow, I, you couldn't pay me to read that. Just like you couldn't pay me to read the article on Baker Mayfield. I don't care. <laughs> right. I just don't give a shit. Like if um, if it's like. Uh, you know, I'm trying to think like Eric Legrand, or you know, if it's if it's a player, Ryan Shazier wrote one. Like that's a powerful article. I'm not reading. Maybe uh, it if, might be. It might not be. But but, be but I'm just saying, like it, it might, that might report. that type article might get me to do, like if if Zeke if Zeke came out of the Players Tribune article tomorrow. Now I might just read it because everyone would be talking now, about. Now two minute IG post you'd watch though. I would 100. <laughs> percent Zeke's a bad example because I'd have to read it, but I wouldn't want to. Uh, one one last thing I want to get to here in headlines, and these are meteor headlines than normal. Kyler Murray, after the game against the Raiders on Hard Knocks, goes up to Antonio Brown and says, why were you guys bringing the house? And it was a less whiny version of what Devin Booker did in his pickup basketball game the other day. He was like, why are you guys doubling me? I get doubled all year. And Noah, J- Joe Kim Noah's like, yeah, dude, that's the point. <laughs> You're here to get better against the double. Like you, 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 I don't care about your fucking crossover move. When you get trapped in the corner in an NBA game, if you're not ready for that, it doesn't matter. To uh, really quick side note yeah. on Devin Booker, yeah, any human, and I don't know, like Simmons has a basketball guy that loves Devin Booker, and all, some of the stat nerds like him. If you're on Devin Booker's corner, I don't think that we look at sports the same way. Like if you now haven't got drip, 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 the clues, the clues, the clues, the clues, it's clear what Devin Booker is headed toward. We have if you fought, if you watch the NBA, 
where all these people that covered the NBA, I'm telling you, Devin Booker, I, I, I fucking spotted 10 Devin Bookers in our lifetime. Like, it's clear where he's going. Like, it's obvious. Noah, who has fallen on hard times with injuries, was an elite player in his prime, is telling him, like, bro, what the fuck are you doing? You're a losing player. That is what a losing player looks like. So if, if anyone credible tries to tell you that Devin Booker's good or they bet on his future, that guy doesn't know what he's talking about. Like well, that, there's a difference between good and bet on his future, right? I'm talking about, like, no one would dispute he's The talented. next star. I'm the next saying Damian like, Lillard. But I'm not even saying that. If you just think, like, that is not a winning alpha. That, that, not, that ain't him. There's a reason why that guy's team struggles to win 20 games. That bullshit. That. Well, what I would say to him if I'm on his team and I do want to win, or if I'm his coach, I would say it's clear to, you are not doing what it takes for us to get the most out of you and for us to win. Period. We suck. Well, th- and part of the reason re- we suck is because you're not ready to deal with the fact that we suck because teams just double you and the ball game's over. Well, to me, it, it also starts like he was the number one candidate. I'm not trying to go on a Devin Booker rabbit hole, but I, I was a little offended because I, I, I would like all these guys to max their potential and it makes all these games easier to watch all year long. Why was Devin Booker, why guy, was he not at Team USA? Now, he could have quit or whatever. He didn't even show up. To me, he's the number one candidate that should have been there. That just needed the work, needed the polish, needs just more competition. Go get he didn't coached even by those show. guys. He didn't even show. Now, we can Go nitpick all the guys that guys. left. Yeah. yeah. Didn't even show. Because you know what? And like you said, why would, he's already worth 100. He got the big max contract, 150 million. Everyone blows him, so he's a great analytic guy. So it, I was thinking about all that when I watched Kyler complain to AB about blitzing. Now you pointed out to me it's a little different in the NFL. Kind of nobody does that um, at this time of year. Brings the house against you. But I do think what it showed. Maybe it's not so much about Kyler. It's more about like Jim O'Neill, who's now the is he the DB coach for the Raiders? Yeah. The former defensive coordinator for the Browns and the Niners, is mm-hmm. that right? Mm-hmm. After two series, like I hope, I hope that we hope Kyler Murray's back on the field. It's like, okay, who? It's the priest. What? But like, I think that's probably a little bit about Cliff. Like, I think everybody out, all of these defensive guys out there, want to embarrass Cliff Kingsbury this year. And I don't know if they'll be able to or not. But that's Kyler is going to bear the brunt of that, and he started to get a taste of it in that Raider game. I. I don't know. I, I I'm gonna defend Kyler in the sense that I'm not. I'm not. Did he bring the house? I mean, Kyler. They Kyler. brought an. They brought an extra rusher, but the extra rusher was a nickel blitz. And when you're nickel blitzing guys or corner blitzing, like to me, that's pretty exotic blitzes for week two of the preseason, where they don't even think about it. They're not even talking about it. Like you nail him. He's untouched. I, I'm not giving you too much credit, and Kyler Murray's like AB just... gave him truth. AB gave him truth, though. He said that's what people are going to do to you, man, because you can well, run. Yeah, but and that's well, if you make that guy miss, it's lights out. Do you know what? That, Nick... Those are John. Those are the factuals. <laughs> yeah, those are the factuals. You know who Nickel Blitzes used to kill was Michael Vick. If you can get the little guy on the on the corner blitzes, you know who you can't corner blitz? Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Aaron Rodgers. You know why? Because that guy's fucking wide open. I mean, there's there's no one covering the guy for like five seconds. Now, eventually, the safety kind of rotates over, but you can immediately get it out, and you get ten yards. Boom! You never nickel blitz those guys. You nickel blitz, like you said, the rushers and little guys because they don't see it coming. But I, I I'm gonna side with Kyler on at least the comment because I saw some people were like, he didn't even bring the house. Yes, 
he's not like breaking down the individual blitzes. His point was they were just blitzing me. Which Coach Del Rio, aka Twitter Rio, I think made the point on NFL Live because it went viral on my timeline like last week. And it's just like that's eh, a little unfair to uh, to a rookie. Like it'd be one thing if they want to do that to Aaron Rodgers if he does play in Green Bay or in Saskatchewan or wherever the hell they're playing. Okay, but you do that to Kyler Murray, who's a one-year college starter, who's a rookie. I just don't give you too much credit when it works. No, it's not. My first reaction was more critical of Kyler than after you after we talked about it a little bit. Um, versus like Devin, like I don't think those two things are in the same category. But I do think is it, it is an illustration of the. It's just like I think people are gun, people are gunning for them this year. They want to make them look bad. You know what I had forgotten. That last year or maybe two years ago, AB's been going to some Oklahoma games because Hollywood's his cousin. It might have been last year during the bye week or whatever he went down to Oklahoma was on the sideline. Oh, okay, because I was wondering. So like, they, they what, know the they know. So obviously they know each other. Yeah, because Hollywood's Antonio Brown's cousin. That's a pretty fast family. Uh, yeah, I, I think people hate Cliff Kingsbury, like what he stands for in the league, right. especially defensive right. coaches. Like this pretty boy sucked in college and gets a head job. And he trades his first-round quarterback for this little midget, even though, like, as John Gruden, I was waiting for John, like, this memory's breaking down Kyler. It's like, yeah. we almost even traded. I mean, uh, we like this guy a lot in the draft process. The, the reason I tried to get this guy, I mean, when I did a deep dive on this guy. <laughs> yeah. Derek's like, how many games did you watch of him, coach? <laughs> when I went and visited him in secret at a hotel in San Antonio. Yeah, and I got that A's hat signed so Mark could rub it in Dave Cavill's face. Remember that? What? He had the picture of the A's hat when he signed it at his pro yeah. day. When no. I called Billy Bean to see if we could share the cost. Was that Gruden's idea for the hat, or did someone tell him to do that so they could rub it in someone's face? You mean did someone else in the Raiders organization tell him to do that? Yeah. Or was Good that a question. Gruden idea? Gruden, does, Gruden is funny. Yeah. And he clearly likes to talk shit, like in a funny way. Maybe he just had an ace hat and he realized that could be pretty cool memorabilia. I mean, this guy was drafted really high. It, to me, it feels like an A's idea. Someone gave it to him. Somebody with the A's, you're saying? Like, if you're Gruden, you'd be like, let's go buy an A's hat to have him sign? I don't know. No, see, I, that. I, yeah, that would be, I don't. You agree some, it was someone's idea. Someone with the A's or someone with the Raiders? Someone with the Raiders. Then maybe sends the A. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. yeah you, I don't have to, like, I have to think there. about my theory. I'm, I'm all, I got a, my detective hat on, though. All right, I'm with you. All right. Lunchtime. On that note, later. Later. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medella is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medella is your reward. Medella, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.